In the Word on the Go is brought to you by New Growth Press, the publisher helping every person grow closer to Christ. Before today's interview, I want to let you know that this month, New Growth Press is releasing two gospel-centered storybooks for kids. One, by Marty Machowski, is called God Made Boys and Girls, and the other is about going through suffering called The Moon is Always Round by Jonathan Gibson. I hope these books equip and encourage you and your family. You can pick up a copy and learn more about new releases at newgrowthpress.com. This is In the Word, On the Go, the podcast where we look at one verse from God's Word for 10 minutes of your day. Welcome to In the Word, On the Go. I'm your host, Champ Thornton. Whether you're listening by yourself or with the family, this podcast is here for you to spend 10 more minutes in God's Word while you go about your day. In each episode, I get to interview one person about a favorite verse from the Bible. And today, I get to welcome Wendy Olson. Wendy is a teacher, and she loves teaching both math and theology. I can join her on one of those. She is the author of Practical Theology for Women, The Gospel-Centered Woman, and By His Wounds You Are Healed, which is a great study of Ephesians. She lives on an old family farm in South Carolina where she teaches math at a local community college and is mother to her two boys. She's active in her local church and blogs at theologyforwomen.org. Wendy, it's great to have you on the podcast. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. Well, Wendy, I'm glad you're here too. What passage do you have for us today? I am going to read 1 Corinthians 13, 7. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. There's a lot of all things going on in this verse. So why don't you put this in your own words? What is this verse saying? When I read this verse, it's saying that when we love others like God loves us, we bear up in long trials with our loved ones. We are always ready to believe the best about them. And we always hope for their good. And we stick with them patiently for the long haul. We don't give up on them. That's great. It makes me want to read it again. So we're going to do that. Why don't you set the stage for us? What's the context of this verse? It has a setting and let's get that setting and then I'll read it again. We have the big setting and the whole story of scripture. And then we have the smaller setting to the church at Corinth. Oh, I like it. Yeah, then the big story of all of Scripture from the beginning of the law, God made very clear to Moses and he made very clear to the children of Israel that the greatest command, the first command was to love God with all your heart. And the second was to love your neighbor as yourself. And then in the New Testament, Jesus says this quite clearly all over again. First commandment, love God with all your heart. Second commandment, love your neighbor as yourself. And they ask, well, who is my neighbor? And he gives the story of the good Samaritan. Hmm. The neighbor is the person next to you. Hmm. And whatever setting you are in, in your home, with your brothers and sisters, your mom and dad, your children, your grandparents, with your friends at school, your neighbor is the person in your environment. Hmm. And instead of God just leaving us with this word love that we could maybe define how we want. A lot of people use love in a lot of different ways in the world when they use that word. And sometimes they use it flippantly and they don't really know what it means. But just in case, the Apostle Paul wrote the church in Corinth a very clear definition of what God means when he uses this word love. 
And part of that definition is that love bears all things, it believes all things, it hopes all things, and it endures all things. So 1 Corinthians 13, of which this verse is a part, it's called the love chapter because, as you said, it starts to give definition and describe what this biblical love is all about. Exactly. So I'm going to read it again. This is 1 Corinthians 13, verse 7. I'm reading out of the Christian Standard Bible. Here's what God's Word says. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. So, Wendy, if you were explaining this to a room of fifth graders, could you walk us through those verbs, the words bears and believes and hopes and endures? What are we talking about? Sure. First, love bears all things. So love isn't just a nice fluffy word. It's a word that describes actions that go with loving our neighbor like God loves us. And it includes bearing with or sticking with those we love, like God sticks with us. So even when it gets hard with a brother or sister or a parent or a friend, we can't say we love them if we give up on them and walk away from them. So sometimes we say like, hey, bear with me. And often we mean like for a minute, but this is kind of bear with me over a long haul. Right. Stick with me for a long haul. And then it says love believes all things and hopes all things. And it reminds me of a phrase my friend and I use, goodwill. So if you are a goodwill person, that means you believe the best of others. If someone's actions could go either way, so you could maybe interpret them in a good way or you could assume a bad motive, you're going to give them the benefit of the doubt Hmm. and you hope good things for them. So instead of writing someone off as a bad person, you hope that they will eventually make better choices. You Mm. hope positively for them. And that's the attitude that enables us to then endure all things. So when we truly love someone like God loves us, we can stick with them through a long, hard time. We can endure with them and we can have goodwill toward them as we're enduring. So hearing you describe this verse and those actions that God's calling us to that way really makes me want to ask this next question, which is what does this verse teach us about God? Because I've got a feeling that what it teaches us about God is what's going to enable us to actually live this way. Exactly. So the neat thing is to think that God loves us this way. Hmm. How could we endure with someone else if God didn't set the example for us of enduring with us? Hmm. And the entire story of Scripture Is God enduring with those he loved until he finally rescued them completely from their sin? He doesn't need to give us the benefit of the doubt, that one particular phrase, because he knows exactly what's going on in our hearts, and he knows our motives, and they are often ugly. But when Jesus died, God replaced our sins with Jesus's righteousness, and now he sees and accepts us with the ultimate version of good faith or goodwill. So our ultimate hope here, like we believe, we give the benefit of the doubt, we hope all things, we believe all things, we endure all things, is not because this person is necessarily worthy of it, but because Christ is. Exactly. That's our motivation. That is the only way we can do it. Hmm. So what does this verse motivate you to do, Wendy? This passage helps me again and again to think through how to respond for me as a parent to my children, particularly when I'm not quite sure what is going on in a fight or some disagreement. Hmm. 
why did they not obey me when I told them to pick up their room? So I want to give my children the benefit of the doubt in questionable circumstances. And I want to endure with them when we are working through a problem that takes a long time. And I'm teaching them to do the same with their friends, you know, in our family. We want to love each other the way God loves us. So let's just pause there for a second. I could hear someone saying, maybe, maybe a parent. Okay, now I get that. We need to give benefit of the doubt. But what about like justice? What about like, you know, so-and-so did something wrong and there needs to be a consequence? How does that square with what we're talking about here? Well, I think we're talking about the difference in a clear observable action versus one that you have to, I, I just, I never want to assume my children did the worst possible thing. I think that's wrong as a parent. But if they did the worst possible thing and the evidence is there to prove it, then that's, that is a different circumstance. But at the same time, I still endure with them in love. That mm. lo- the Bible says love covers a multitude of sins. That doesn't mean that love sweeps sin under the carpet, mm. but love does appropriately deal with it in a way that doesn't bring more harm or more wrongdoing. Right. So just the presence of wrongdoing doesn't give me the prerogative to treat someone in an unloving way. Right. That's great. That's convicting too, because when someone does something wrong, there's something inside all of us, at least it's inside of me, that the justice meter spikes and we get uh, a pass on treating people in love. Yes. And I think we often, we like to call something righteous anger when if you really examine it closely, it may actually still be unrighteous anger. (laughs) (laughs) This is true. So, Wendy, it's been great having you on the podcast today. Thank you for pointing us to 1 Corinthians 13 and verse 7 in particular. And I would encourage families, when you have time, sit down and read through 1 Corinthians 13 together slowly, just a few verses at a time. There's some amazing life-changing truths in all of God's Word. And in these verses, it seems especially concentrated. So thank you for pointing us here. Would you just take a moment and close our time by praying this verse for all of us? Sure. Father, we come before you in Christ's name, and in his name, we have seen the one who loved us perfectly. We have seen what sacrificial love looks like. And thank you so much for his love for us that equips us to love our neighbor as ourselves, Father. Help us as we go forward this day to understand your love for us and allow it to equip us to love others by bearing with them, enduring with them, giving them the benefit of the doubt in questionable situations. We need you to empower us to love this way. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to In the Word, On the Go. This episode is brought to you by New Growth Press, which aims to bring gospel-centered resources to every church and home. For more information about this podcast or to listen to past episodes, visit wordonthego.net.